a guest preacher. I'm really excited to have him back. Uh, Dr. Joel Lawrence, who has been here before. He's a good friend of mine. We know each other because we both are adjunct professors at Bethel Seminary, but he also uh, leads this organization called the Center for Pastor Theologians. And we just really believe here as pastors and as leaders that healthy theology helps us have healthy churches as we look at scripture together. And so I'm so grateful for the work that you do uh, at that Center for Pastor Theologians, but also for your willingness to give of your time and and finishing off our conversation on the Sermon on the Mount today. So can you all give Joel a warm welcome? Thank you. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Good Good morning. Good to see everyone. Good to be back uh, worshiping with you at Mill City. Let me thank the, the worship team. That was uh, phenomenal. Thank you for leading us in that. And uh, just grateful for the opportunity we have now to, to open up God's Word together. So if you would uh, bow your heads with me as we invite God to speak through His Word. Father God, we come to you now. Um, in a world that is uh, difficult and there are so many challenging things going on, and God, no doubt many of us come with, with deep concern, uh, fear, the, the, the weight of things that continue to, to mark the world that we're living in. And God, I pray, though, that this morning we would be encouraged by your Spirit that, that you would speak truth and life into us. And God, that we as followers of Jesus here would, would dwell in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And God, I confess that I am an unworthy vessel, but I do pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to imagine uh, together that, that you were going to build a house, right? That you were setting off on, on a project of, of building a house. And it would be important as you set out on that project to know what you need in order to build a house. So what is it that we would need if we were going to build a house? Well, the first thing that, that you would need is you need money, right? There's got to Got to have the money to build a house. These things aren't, aren't free, so you've got to make sure that you have that side all lined up. Then you need someone who can build a house. You need a, you need a contractor. You need a, a construction company. And unless you're the kind of person who can do these things on your own, I am not that kind of a person, so I would need someone who knew what they were doing. You need a blueprint, right? You, you need a plan. You don't just kind of start building and hope it comes together. You have a plan. You have something in place of, of what you're aiming for. So you need all of those things, but what else do you need? You need land. Right? You need a place to build the house, and you can't just use any land. It has to be land that works for building a house. It, it has to be the right land. And so before you start to build you would run extensive tests on the land. You would determine if it's good soil. Is it the right terrain? Is there going to be good runoff? Is it likely to, to flood? You don't want to build a house on a floodplain. You don't want to build a house in a marsh. You want to make sure that the land that you're building on is the right kind of land. 
And if that's the case with building a house, then how much more important is it that we understand whether or not we're building our lives on solid land? You wouldn't start to build a house if you weren't sure that the place you were building was suitable. We also should not be building our lives if we don't know the ground that we're building on can support our lives. Do you know where you're building? Have you tested the ground? Have you done the tests? Have you done what it takes to know whether you're building the house on the right ground? I think this question is incredibly important all the time, but how much more important is it in our day? In the days that we are living through, we are living in challenging days. And just when we think that maybe we're getting on the far side of COVID, that maybe we're moving towards a place where the the world's going to start to return back to something that we recognize, then in the last 10 days, the world again is thrown into chaos. Our world is shaking. The ground underneath us is shifting again. The storm's are raging, and we don't know what's next. We don't know what happens next. I don't know what's going to happen in the next week in Ukraine. I don't know what's going to happen in the next month or the next year globally. We don't know what's before us. We see what's happening. We see the destruction of innocent lives. We see the humanitarian crisis that is building. We see the economic uncertainty that is going to affect all of us. We see the threat of nuclear conflict. These are challenging days. These are frightening days. How are we to live in these days? How are we to build our house in these days? This morning, as Pastor Stephanie mentioned, we're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. You've been working through this over the last few weeks, thinking about what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And, and now we come to the end of the sermon as Jesus is kind of wrapping it, wrapping it up and, and pulling it all together. And as any good preacher does at the end of his sermon, Jesus is giving us a call to action. And he does that by, by putting an image before us and, and utilizing that image to really challenge us with a question. And it's a pretty blunt question. He doesn't use these words exactly in asking this question, but this is what he's putting before us. The question that Jesus is putting for us today as we come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount is this. Are you a fool? 
Are you a fool? Are you building your life foolishly? Or are you building your life wisely? Will you live a wise life or will you live a foolish life? And Jesus describes for us in this passage before us at the end of Matthew chapter 7 what it means to be a person who lives a wise life and what it means to be a person who lives a foolish life. So let's open up together to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, where Jesus says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Right, so Jesus is, is making his final point, and it's a very simple final point that he makes. What's his final point of the sermon? Do it. That's the final point. Do it. Don't just hear these words. You've heard what I've been saying. Now put them into practice. Do what I have told you to do. But I think we have to be very clear about what it is that Jesus is saying when he tells us to do this. What is it that he is calling us to? I want to answer that by saying what I think he isn't calling us to. I don't think that Jesus is calling us to put a new set of rules into practice. He's not calling us simply to live a new set of rules. Because the Sermon on the Mount, we have to be very clear, Sermon on the Mount is not simply a collection of a new set of rules. The Sermon on the Mount is not a new morality that is in competition with other human moralities. And we need to understand that Jesus is not a moral teacher who came to ask us to adopt a new set of rules, a new moral value. Jesus is not a moral philosopher, kind of in the line of Aristotle and Plato and Tolstoy and Simone de Beauvoir and Gandhi. He's not one like that. Anyone grow up like I did with Sesame Street? One of these things is not like the other, right? Jesus is not like those people. He is not one kind of in a line of moral philosophers. Jesus did not come to give the world a new set of moral principles. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the revelation of the living God in flesh and in dwelling among us to reveal to us not a new set of rules, but to reveal to us the very heart of the living God. And if we understand Jesus, and if we understand the Sermon on the Mount as a new set of rules, and then he says, now go and do it, we run the danger of misunderstanding what he's actually asking us to do. See, the Sermon on the Mount is not the announcement of a new set of rules. Instead, the Sermon on the, on the Mount is the announcement of God's new rule of God's new reign, of God's dawning kingdom that is coming through Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ is announcing what he's announcing in the sermon, when he's proclaiming what he's proclaiming in the sermon, what he is proclaiming is the rule of God that frees us from human moralities. And he is describing for us what it looks like to live in the reign of God. 
to live under the rule of God. So Jesus is saying this when he comes to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, okay, you've heard my words. Now put them into practice. And what he means by this is place yourself under the new rule of God. Place yourself under the reign of God that doesn't come through human moralities and it doesn't come through human philosophies and doesn't come through moral, ethical rules. It comes through submitting ourselves to the reign of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to give us moral instruction. Jesus came to bring in the kingdom of God and to call, out, uh, call us out of the realm of the old and into the realm of the new and to live in the new. And the Sermon on the Mount is a description of what life in the new looks like. And that's not simply for us as individuals. That's for us as the church the church is called to be the people on earth who live under the reign of God and whose life testifies to the fact that that which is old is passing and that which is new has come in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus did not come to give us moral instruction, but to call us to a change in citizenship, to no longer dwell in the old, but not a walk in the new. And he calls those who do this wise. He says, when you live like this, you are a wise person. See, wisdom is to recognize and live under the rule of of Jesus Christ. Wisdom to live a wise life, to be a wise person, is to align ourselves with the reality of God. But to do that, what we have to do is reshape the way that we see the world and to reshape how we envision our lives in the world. What Jesus calls us to do as people who would build our house on solid ground as people who would live according to the kingdom of God, is he calls us therefore also then to reject living according to the way of the world, the way of the old. He calls us to reject living according to the world as it is, the world of appearances. Because Jesus knows and he declares that the world of appearances is false, which doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It does exist. What we see around us exists, but it's false because it promises to be the truth, but in fact, it is false life masquerading as the truth. It's not false in that it doesn't exist. It's false in that it is not aligned with reality, the reality of God and His rule and His reign. See, this is why when you read through the Sermon on the Mount, so much of it is counterintuitive. 
So much of it doesn't make sense. If we're reading and assessing the Sermon on the Mount based on the way that the world works, it doesn't make sense. See, so you, you read through the Sermon on the Mount and it, and it says things like, turn the other cheek. Well, why on earth would I want to turn the other cheek? That's not the way that the world works. It says things like, love your enemy. That's not the way that the world works. It says, do not judge. But I love to judge. It's so satisfying to judge others. Makes me feel so good about myself. It says, do not store up treasures on earth. It says, don't worry about your life. If we evaluate the Sermon on the Mount based on the way the world is, based on the appearances of the world, it doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. It won't help us get ahead. It won't help us succeed in the ways that we want to succeed. It won't help us to secure our lives in the ways that we desire to secure our lives. The Sermon on the Mount does not make sense if we're evaluating it through the way that the world is, through the appearances of the world, through that which we can see. But the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus proclaims to us, is the way of wisdom because it actually is the way that the world is, the world as it was created by God, the world as it is intended by God. And we, the church, Mill City Church, you are called to be the people who live in that reality, the reality of that which we cannot see, the reality that, that doesn't accord with our appearances, because we have come to believe, we have come to trust that that actually is reality, that what Jesus describes here is the way of God. And though that puts us at odds with the world around us, that puts us at odds with what we can see, what we believe, what we trust, what Jesus calls us to do is to live in faith that this is the way of God. And that what we can see is not. So what is the result of living this life? Well, we see that in verse 25 where it says this, Then the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Do you notice that the wind and the streams rising and the rain battering are given. It, it, Jesus is saying, when this happens, because it will happen, because it does happen, when this happened, as a fact it will happen, you will be battered by the storms of this world. We will be impacted by violence and sorrow and loss and power and war and suffering. We will be impacted by these things. Jesus is not saying that if you build your house wisely, you will be exempt from the weather. He's saying if you build your house wise, wisely, if you build your house 
according to the reality of God's rule and God's reign, when these things come, when you are battered by the winds and the rains, your house will stand. It will be a well-built house. So when Jesus says, hear my words and do them, hear my words and put them into practice, what Jesus is saying is this, live under God's new rule, which is real and eternal and doesn't look like the world as it is but is the truth. And the only way to live a wise life is to live according to that truth. Jesus then turns to the foolish person. In verse 26, he says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Jesus is saying, you, you might be hearing these words. You may even like some of these words. There may be bits of the sermon that you really resonate with. Ah, blessed are the peacemakers. I love that. That's great. But then there's other parts, and I'm not so sure about that, and I don't think that's really going to help me get ahead, or I don't really think that works in the real world, so I'm not going to do that. Jesus says, if you hear these words, but do not put them into practice, not just the bits that you like, but all of them, you don't put them into practice, then you are building your house on sand. You are foolish. Again, the weather is a given. It's going to come. You're going to be hit by this stuff. But the fool is the person who persists in living according to appearances. The fool is the person who insists in living according to the world as we can see it. The world of our own assessment. The world that accords with what we want it to be. And so what does a foolish life look like? Well, a foolish life looks like the opposite of the Sermon on the Mount. A foolish life is a life in which we refuse to turn the other cheek. A foolish life is a life in which we hate our enemy. The fool is one who judges others. The fool is one who stores up treasures on earth. The fool is one who worries about his or her life. When we insist on living according to the world as it is and operating according to what we can see, we live foolish lives, refusing to entrust ourselves to Jesus, refusing to believe what Jesus says is true because we believe more what we can see than what Jesus proclaims to be true. That is a foolish life being built on the sand. Then in verse 27, the rain came down 
the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. A life that is built on the rejection of God's rule. A life that is built on the insistence that we live according to the realities of what we can see is a life that will fail when the storms come. It's a structure that will not be stable through the sorrows the difficulties, the sufferings, the challenges of this world. See, we don't get to control the weather. We don't get to control the weather. The weather comes. What we are challenged to do by Jesus is to hear his words and do them because we believe in the reality that he is proclaiming. And because we want to live a wise life that aligns our hearts with the reality that Jesus proclaims, that is willing to count the cost of not living according to the world of appearances but of living according to the kingdom of God. The rule of the love and grace of God. So the question, are you a fool? Are you living a foolish life as you evaluate your life this morning? As you evaluate your building project, where are you building? Are you building on the rock or are you building on the sand? Are you building wisely or are you building foolishly? We have difficult weather ahead. The challenges of life in the world today are immense. And what the world desperately needs is the church of Christ to be living living wisely, living in the new reality of what Jesus Christ has proclaimed and, and what he has brought us into through his cross. As Pastor Stephanie mentioned, this is the first Sunday in Lent. Lent is this time in the church calendar when we are preparing ourselves for Good Friday and then the celebration of Easter, but it's a time of reflection. It's a time of of recognizing what it means for us to be bearers of the cross, to walk in the way of Jesus, because what we find at the cross is that the cross is God's work to redefine the world at the cross. God shows us what is true, and he shows us what is false. He shows us that the the powers and the principalities of the world as we can see it are false, that his way is true. 
And that is the way of cross-bearing. It's the way of sacrifice. We are called to be the church that bears the cross. That we might witness to a world that is building foolish houses what it looks like to be the people of God who are building on the rock. Our Heavenly Father, I, I confess, God, how, how easy it is for me to want to live my life according to what I can see. God, I, I pray that you would give me, that you would give us, that you would give your church the spirit who can give us eyes to see the truth. That we would hear these words of Jesus, that we would put them into practice, not by trying to live out some new morality, but by understanding that we are called to live in a different reality. And I pray, God, you would bless your church in these days of heavy weather. That we would stand. And that you would be glorified in us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.